welcome to the Beloved Bride podcast. I'm Misty House, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining me today. This is a podcast for helping women discover their royal identity in Christ and grow in relationship and intimacy with our bridegroom, King Jesus. Today's message is titled, God is Gathering His Mighty Oaks of Righteousness. Stand firm in the river. I am really passionate about this message. It's a little longer than some of my other messages, but please stick with me until the end. I really believe that God has something very powerful um, that he is wanting to say to the body of Christ, to his children. And I want to pray for you at the end too. So here we go. Let's jump in. I believe God is calling us and summoning his bride to be oaks of righteousness a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. He wants us to stand firm in the river and watch him move mightily on our behalf. I recently watched the series, The Lord of the Rings, and a particular scene from the movie stood out to me. And then God began to speak to me about it. If you haven't seen this movie, please go and watch this clip I'm about to describe. You can Google it. Uh, type in Last March of the Ents, that's E-N-T-S, or the Ents Go to War, so that you can see for yourself this vision and imagery of what I'm describing and believe the Lord is saying to his people right now. So in the Lord of the Rings, the two towers, when the strong trees, the Ents, E-N-T-S, are being summoned to gather and attack Isengard to help set captives free, but these mighty trees looked at it from the perspective of it's not our war or our fight. They are hesitant to enter the battle taking place in the world until they see with their own eyes the evil, destruction, and devastation being unleashed upon their own friends and loved ones. When their eyes are open to the ashes, the despair, and devastation, they finally go to war pulling back the barricades and breaking open a dam, releasing a river of water that gushes forth and washes the, away the evil and fires in the land. Just before this, there is a scene in the movie where Tree Bird, he's one of the, the large trees, the ants, has a conversation with two small hobbits, Merry and Pippin, who are trying to convince the trees to unite and engage in the battle over Middle-earth but they are slow to respond and take action. Treebird says, The ants cannot hold back this storm. We must weather such things as we have always done. Mary replies, How can that be your decision? He says, This is not our war. But you're a part of this world, aren't you? You must help. Please, you must do something. Treebird says, you are young and brave, Master Mary, but your part in this tale is over. Go back to your home. Pippin, Mary's friend, says, Maybe Treebird's right. We don't belong here, Mary. It's too big for us. What can we do in the end? We've got the Shire. Maybe we should go home. Mary responds, The fires of Isengard will spread, and the woods of Tuckborough and Bookland will burn and all that was once green and good in this world will be gone. There won't be a shire, Pippin. At that moment, Pippin's eyes are open. He understands what's at stake, what they're at risk of losing, 
and that what's good in this world is worth fighting for. Friends, I believe God wants to open the eyes of his people now. He is calling us to war against the enemy and fight against the darkness. He wants us to be mighty oaks of righteousness who are willing to engage in the unseen battle taking place in the world around us, the spiritual battle and within us, consuming fires of the enemy's lies, fear, anxiety, worry, panic, insecurity, doubt, and despair are spreading like wildfire. We, mighty oaks of righteousness, are being summoned to gather and attack in prayer, worship, and truth, standing firm in his river of living water and secure on his living word. As we march as one, he will stand with us and help us to open the dam, that which has been blocked and held up, and release his river, flow of his blessings over us, quenching the flames. May the ants go marching one by one. Hurrah, hurrah. I believe the Lord wants to say to his children, unite, stand firm, and soak in my river of living water, and get in the move and flow of my spirit and what I'm wanting to accomplish in the earth. The war the enemy is waging affects your loved ones and your territory. Allow my blood to wash away all that has come up against you, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and financially. Hold your ground. Hold your peace in my presence. The enemy is no match for my power and strength. As you stand up securely on my word and promises, you will be renewed, refreshed, and revived as you stand out. My blood has made you whole, healthy, healed, and more than conquerors. I will pull down the strongholds, the demonic forces, and principalities that have bound you and held you back from victory. In my river of love flow strength in your weakness. Let your mind be renewed in my flow of blessings. Let your body be revived in my anointing. Let your spirit be refreshed in my glory. Recover your confidence as you rest in my river. Step into the flow of my love, my beloved. I am here to protect you and provide for you. Do not be afraid. Fear is a liar. Do not hesitate to come forth. Stand firm in my flow and soak in my security. You are safe in my river. My presence saturates your inner being with affirmation, safety, and identity. You are a part of this world, and there is good worth fighting for. My love has the power to conquer all. I want to read about the triumph of God's love. So what does all this mean? If God has determined to stand with us, tell me who then could ever stand against us? For God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up as a sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. Who then would dare to accuse those whom God has chosen in love to be his. God himself is the judge who has issued the final verdict over them, not guilty. 
Who then is left to condemn us? Certainly not Jesus, the Anointed One. For He gave His life for us, and even more than that, He has conquered death and is now risen, exalted, and enthroned by God at His right hand. So how could He possibly condemn us since He is continually praying for our triumph? Who could ever separate us from the endless love of God's Anointed One? Absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish His love toward us. Troubles, pressures, and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecutions, deprivations, dangers, and death threats? No, for they are all impotent to hinder omnipotent love. Even though it is written, All day long we face death threats for your sake, God. We are considered to be nothing more than sheep to be slaughtered. Yet, even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors, and His demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. So now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I am convinced that this, that His love will triumph over death, life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken His love. There is no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. That's Romans 8, 31 through 39, the Passion Translation. So I say amen to that. How about you? The love of God gives us a glorious hyper victory, more than can be described or contained in one word. God's love and grace has made us hyper conquerors, empowered to be unrivaled, more than a match for any foe. So love has made us more than conquerors in four ways. Number one. No situation in life can defeat us or dilute God's love. Two, we know that divine love and power work for us to triumph over all things. Three, we share in the victory spoils of every enemy we face. That's Isaiah 53, 12. You can read that. Jesus shares the spoils of his victory on the cross and resurrection with us, his mighty ones. He purchased your victory, your salvation, your emotional wholeness, your healing, your deliverance, and your triumph over every foe. Four, we have conquered the conqueror with merely a glance of our worshiping eyes. We have won his heart. Song of Songs 4.9 says, You have stolen my heart, my sister, my bride. You have stolen my heart with one glance of your eyes with one jewel of your necklace. You have ravished my heart. This is the Hebrew word labathini. I probably just butchered that, but which is taken from a Semitic root word that means to tear bark off of a tree. He is saying that your loving eyes of worship have uncovered his heart and laid it bare, making him vulnerable to you. What a description of what happens to Jesus when he looks into your eyes. Your worship 
brings to him such an ecstasy and delight that it becomes hard to even imagine. Yet, God has placed inside of you the ability to ravish the heart of your king, not someday in heaven, but now, even when you feel incomplete and weak. It mentions the jewels of your neck, the necklace. These divine jewels are the beautifying graces that the Holy Spirit gives to us. They are the graces of righteousness given to the redeemed bride of Christ. So let's praise him with gratitude and thanksgiving. Jesus, you are worthy of all of our worship. God wants us to be a tree of life, a mighty oak of righteousness in his kingdom. So I want to prophesy over you today, beloved. Where you have felt bound up, held back, or blocked in some way, the Lord is about to break through that which has, about, which has bound you, held you, and blocked you. Rivers of living water are about to burst through your barriers. Where you have been bound by that sickness, trapped by that addiction, or held back by that shame, pain, or trauma, God's coming through for you. His grace and mercy will overflow. His love will pour out. His spirit will be released. His river of love will wash away all the filth and the evil that has been hiding in the darkness. He will cleanse the land and strip away the demonic forces that have been working against you underground and standing between you and the victory. Declare right now, the dam is breaking. I am a tree of life, a mighty oak of righteousness. I will stand firm in the river of your love and power. Watch him release a mighty wave of glory over you. Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. I know many of you may have experienced a hard winter season and you're longing for some hope. I understand that and I want to speak an encouraging word to you. God spoke this to me years ago when I was going through one of the darkest times of my life which I share this experience in my book, Emergence, How to Experience Beauty and New Life in Dead and Dark Places. You can get it on Amazon and it's on sale right now, so grab your copy. Our family was in so much pain and I couldn't fix it. Crying out to God, I pleaded, God, I don't know what to do. I am so broken and lost. I feel like I'm nobody. I feel like I'm nothing. It hurts so much. Help me, comfort me, Holy Spirit and speak to me. Immediately, my eyes caught focus of a tree right in front of me, and the Lord said, You are like this tree. The wind is going to come, and the tree is going to sway. Stay rooted in me, in my foundation. The wind may cause the tree to sway, but if it stays rooted, it will not fall. It will not be swept away. It may lose its leaves, but new fruit will come. His words gave me a feeling of peace, comfort, and a sense of direction came over me. I wasn't in this alone. Later, the Lord confirmed this word to me in scripture. I'm going to read Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, 
which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither whatever they do prospers not so the wicked they are like shaft that the wind blows away therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous for the lord watches over the way of the righteous but the way of the wicked leads to destruction beloved god wants you to become like this tree i have a question for you today will you do nothing like the ants in the beginning or will you fight in the battle against evil and stand righteously for god's kingdom will you stand firmly rooted deeply in his word if your answer is yes then brace yourself for what god will release in you through you and for you he will use you in a mighty way may we be mighty oaks of righteousness who come to help pull down the strongholds that bind up the brokenhearted may new fruit come forth in our lives in jesus name proverbs 11:30 the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and whoever captures souls is wise through the power of the holy spirit and by the blood of the lamb may we proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness the prisoners lord refresh us by your spirit as we stand in your river of life and love john 7:37 through 39 on the last day of the feast this is referring to the jewish festival or feast of tabernacles the great day jesus stood up and cried out if anyone thirsts let him come to me and drink whoever believes in me as the scripture has said out of his heart will flow rivers of living water now this he said about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive for as yet the spirit had not been given because jesus was not yet glorified allow holy spirit to fill you to overflowing with his living water so that you have the power to stand and fight as mighty oaks alongside god in this great battle over earth each of us can do our part in this war of good versus evil of love versus hate of freedom versus bondage of truth versus lies of righteousness versus injustice holiness versus ungodliness and of life versus death Isaiah 61:1 through 3 The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to pray, proclaim good news to the poor he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair get this part they will be called oaks of righteousness a planting of the lord for the display of his splendor the first 3 verses of this chapter describe the twofold mission of jesus one to open the door of the day of grace to the world and two to proclaim the day of vengeance coming on sin darkness and sickness as a prophet he comes to preach the new season of grace as a priest he comes to heal and as a king he comes to decree and herald peace and freedom to the captives through the cross and the resurrection of jesus 
a time of recompense has come to conquer sin, sickness, Satan, death, demonic power, and injustice. Not just vengeance on humanity, but on evil wherever it is found. Colossians 2.15 And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. This implies that between the day of crucifixion and the day of resurrection, while in the spirit realm, Jesus destroyed death, the power of darkness, and every work of the enemy through the blood of his cross. All the enemy's weapons have been stripped away from him, and now the church, the beloved bride, has authority in Christ to enforce this triumph upon the dethroned rulers of this world. After sending out his body, which are the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, believers, they enforced his triumph to all the thrones and authorities, putting them all to public shame by the manifestation of himself in them. The oak, a hardwood tree, symbolizes strength, might, or mighty men, stability, conviction, uprightness, resoluteness. As oaks of righteousness, this points to a godly, spiritually mature people who are deeply rooted in his truth and love who will know the righteousness of God and walk in it. Jesus, the tree of life, multiplies himself in us so we become trees of righteousness. And a tree, my friend, becomes a forest. As believers, we are to walk in the footsteps of God and follow him into the place he calls us, receive the freedom he promises, stand in his authority, and share and spread the good news and help set captives free. Are you in need of revival, refreshment, and renewal to be who God is calling you to be? He's gathering and summoning his mighty oaks. Will you stand and fight among them? I want to pray for you. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. Thank you for your river that flows through us and around us. Saturate us in your living word and water. Revive, refresh, and renew us in your steadfast love as we come forth, stand firm, and engage in battle. Give us a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair, and make us into mighty oaks of righteousness planted for the display of your splendor. Crown us with your confidence. Help us to rest in your river and trust in your security. We need you. We love you. We praise you. We give you all the glory for our redemption and our triumph and victory. Thank you, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides for making us more than conquerors. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to ask you a few questions. We'll call this the Royal Reflection part of this message. So I want you to ponder these these things in your heart. What is Holy Spirit saying to you? Often we don't want to step in and offer help to our friends or brothers. We don't want to get our feet wet because we don't see it as our fight. We make excuses. What can we do? This battle is bigger than us. We're small. We're just one person. What difference can we make in this war? Like Mary and Pippin. But we must understand the fires of evil will spread one by one, 
until what seemed small and insignificant suddenly is at large and at home. Perhaps God is calling you to help rally up some troops or simply pray for your friends. Ask Holy Spirit how you can be of service, of aid to those in battle. You are a part of his kingdom. You have something to offer this world. If each person would take up arms in some way and unite in spirit and in truth, we would become a mighty army of oaks of righteousness, and we would witness a great difference in the kingdom. I pray this message was a blessing to you. Please share the Beloved Bride podcast with someone you know and help spread the good news of the gospel around the world. Thank you for joining me today. Remember that as a daughter of the King, you are the Beloved Bride of Christ and your bridegroom, King Jesus, is crazy in love with you. For more Christian encouragement, check out my books by visiting my website, mistyhouseauthor.com, 